back once again. This is How to Pakistan. I've got Musharraf Zaidi, and we're back once again discussing topics very quickly before we get into what we're discussing today. Um, I just wanted to discuss the Valentine, right? Today is 14th Feb. We're recording on 14th Feb. And for us, it's Vela Antine because we're free to do this today of all days. Wait, why did you tell everyone that? Well, I know, I just thought people should know that Vela Antine be do. You're messing with my rep. I know, I know. Okay, welcome, uh, welcome everyone uh, to another episode of How to Pakistan. Thank you, Fasi Zaka, for reminding everyone that we are Vela on Valentine's. Valentine's. But we're not, because we're doing this this really fun, amazing thing where, you know, again, like the feedback is phenomenal. Um, There's a whole debate, obviously, that I think is a larger debate in Pakistani media as well, which is about... Well, it's not in the Pakistani media. It's about the Pakistani media. Some of the old school journalists, when they turn on the TV and they look at what's happening in the news, they're like, whoa, like, is this, is this news? Like, uh, you, you know, you, yeah, like, well, what's going on with the news media in Pakistan? And there's obviously been, there's a number of challenges. There's a thing that the whole global news media industry has gone through. Pakistan's going through more than just the usual for a number of reasons. But I, I think there's something interesting about trying an alternative medium, which is what we're trying to do. And the fact that we're having such great feedback, uh, it really means a lot. I agree. I mean, I remember once my favorite incidents was when I was on, I was driving home and on radio, uh, Genta, there are news bulletins. Ganta. Ganta, right. I'm saying, if I can say Tamasara Wadoke in the proper sort of Mardan accent, yeah. then I expect that Ganta is Ganta. Ganta. Ganta, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, her Ganta will... Uh, sensitive. Ganta sensitive. But, but, no, the truth is, like, it came on this uh, news bulletin, and they said, like, 9-0 pe, uh, raid hua. And this is, like, before all the really heavy stuff. And I, I rushed home, I said, I need to watch the TV. And TV pe kya tha? Kamran Akmal stopped by motorway police Batamizi, right? That's what it was leading with at that time. And partly I could understand why it was doing that because in those days maybe reporting around the MQM wasn't as free. They thought a hundred times before they did anything. But as usual, uh, even these days, like our biggest problem apparently is Valentine's. And uh, I'm actually really happy it's going to be over tomorrow. Because like it doesn't really matter it's not a huge thing just some will obviously celebrate some won't but um, anyhow what are we discussing today one of our dedicated listeners uh, suggested that we talk about what's happening in Lahore <clears throat> and well it's not Basant <laughs> <laughs> Basant is not happening in Lahore yeah but something else is and that is the construction of this thing called the Orange Line yes so I thought mm, you know that's an interesting topic and cards on the table right something that we discussed wait right away right cards away. on the way like subah 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 direct flush which is that uh, like I was telling you also is like I'm kind of embarrassed because I haven't said much but you and I both kind of support these constructions <laughs> <laughs> 
projects, right? We're like, yeah, let's That's a great this. way to open because there goes our listenership. Like there that. goes the listenership. <laughs> <laughs> Heathens. Ooh, yeah. They don't like culture. No. They don't like art. They don't like uh, open spaces. Chowburji. Chowburji. Have you been to Chowburji? Dude, I don't, like, okay, so straight up, yeah. again, cards on the table. Yeah. I think it's glorious. Yeah. I really think that the the architectural heritage of Lahore in particular, mm. but all over the country, we really need to invest a lot more than we do in retaining it, sustaining it, nourishing it, and making sure that our children understand where we're coming from. Yeah. Of course, we don't understand where we're coming from, so it's kind of hard to get kids to understand where we're coming from. I guess the question is, is getting in the way of 27 kilometers of world-class infrastructure the best way of appreciating our architectural heritage? Yeah. Well, the other thing is, like, I do agree if you're raising something down, uh, that would deserve much more. I don't think that's the issue here, but we'll be speaking to a really informed guest who will have his opinions about it. I do have a very strong association with Choburji. Uh when I was doing my MBA in Peshawar University, we all went for a trip to Lahore. So <laughs> <laughs> to go to foreign country <laughs> to see to see. <laughs> it was a foreign country for us, right? And we went, and the first thing we st- we stayed at Punjab University hostels, and the guy, the guy in charge of the hostels, he was like this one rude dash dash, right? Uh, he says to before he lets us in, he says, "Diwar pe ba- kuch mat likna, right?" And we go inside. We're like, "Fine, we won't." What? Like, we didn't come. No, here but after he said that, then obviously you went in and <laughs> no, but you we went. went, to we went town. It, was, it, it was amazing, right? It was amazing. We went inside, and like Zameen said, "Chattak." There's writing everywhere. Flana Dimkhana. Irfan was here. And then I called the guy back. If I write something, I don't know what the reason I'm laughing is. This is so funny. This is exactly the Valentine's Day debate. Had anyone ever, ever, ever talked about Valentine's Day? But like, seriously. And then like, Chaiwala uncle from Karachi says, oh, sorry, uh, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. We got to beat that out. I really think we need to beat that out. No, no, tell me, yeah. You know, Mamun Uncle. Uh, <laughs> I mean, dude, he's like, what? Like, he's like, I don't know, like, we did it again. <laughs> Sorry about these cool vibrations. <laughs> This guy goes up yeah. and says, you know, this this is a ramp, like, or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> this so, is not a culture. Yeah. And suddenly, like, it blows up in the uh, discourse. Uh, it, You know, we're doing a show on it. We're still, we're talking about Orange Line, and we're still talking about Valentine's Day, right? It's really, if you want kids to do something, yeah. don't tell them not to do it. It's unbelievable. I actually think, here's my conspiracy theory for this episode. Yeah. I think we should have like a conspiracy theory segment. I like agree. music I love and those. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to come up with that. Yeah. Speaking of music, we should just we should just shout out to Adil Umar Taal Qureshi, whose opening we've gone back to from Paris and Nigat, and also last week, uh, or rather the last episode, which was Tamur Khan on the Sarangi, and before that, Shariar Mufti, who was yeah. guest producer. That was a great. It was uh, an amazing riff as well. But also the quality of sound in yeah. that episode is probably the best one we've I had agree. so far. So thank you, Shariar of Bamboo Sauce. Thank you, Talal. Thank you, Adil. And of course, thanks to Tamur Khan. So 
just one thing before we go forward. Last Valentine segue, promise. But this time on TV, we've had one of those classic moments that will be remembered for the ages. Uh, ages that Marvi Sivyant was on TV. I'm sorry. I just love <laughs> I think that's why we're laughing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Marvi Sivyant was on TV with Mufti Naim. And they were having a heated discussion. And then, you know, this... Do you remember what show so people can YouTube it or Zem TV Unfortunately, or Zem, US TV is a uh, massive fight between Marvi and uh, Mufti Manib. Usse mil Muf- ye- ek second, Mufti Naeem or Mufti Manib? Sorry, Mufti Naeem. I apologize. Okay. Na? They're not all the same to me, I promise. And uh, so... <laughs> I'm not even going to laugh. <laughs> yes. See what I did there? Yeah. It's called Well Left Hand. <laughs> well Left Hand. Lala, it's Well Left Hand. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, what she said was... So they're arguing and then she says, Well... بلکہ میں آپ کو بھی ویلنٹائن وش کرتی ہوں ہیپی ویلنٹائن مفتی نہیں اینڈ دین شی سیز میں آپ کو ویلنٹائن کا غبارہ بھیجوں اینڈ سیز میں سو لانت like <laughs> 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 جب لانتوں کا وقت آیا تو ہزار ہا ہزار بھجوائی گئیں اس غبارے پہ جس پر پیار ڈال کے جس جس کے اوپر پیار مسلط کر کے ان کی طرف بھجوایا گیا تھا You know, the Ghubara is like the dog of Titwal. Uh-huh. If, if listeners have never read Manto, uh, no problem. It's not Haram. You can yeah. do it. Uh, and you can still love Pakistan and the National Anthem and our, our and army. And Aisha Jalal. And our army. Yeah. All of those things are not exclusive. Yeah. So go and read Manto. And if you must read Manto, and you can't read Urdu because most of you can't, come on, admit it. Yeah. And those of, the, uh, those of you that can, just shout out. Tell us you can. But... If you can't, find, <laughs> find a translation and read The Dog of Titwal. To yeah. me, it's one of... I have a few that are really, really awesome. But Dog of Titwal for me is like the best commentary on South Asia and regional dynamics yeah. ever. We should do a Valentine Kahobara. <laughs> like in the like we should do a short film yeah. Valentine Garobara yeah. which and, and the thing that I'm remembering is the bag from American you remember that movie American Beauty yeah 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 and there's a bag oh yeah man there's okay so there's this polythene bag yeah phone bajra hai kya no 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 bajra hai because basically so we're gonna get one of uh 
We're gonna. T- <laughs> this is the orange line episode. I know it is. It's becoming my balloons. Anyway, I think okay. we need to do something on Valentine Robada as a proxy for Dog of Tetwal. Okay, done. That sounds. Uh, and if anybody else wants to do it. Yeah. Do it before us. Just just send a shout out to the podcast. Yeah. And we're okay with you doing it. Let's see who gets there first. I agree. Just do a short film. Yeah. So just quickly. We should ask Sharmina Bechinoy to do a short film. Yeah. On the. Or Obana. we should ask Adnan Malik. Yeah. I agree. We should ask Sharyar Mufti. I agree. He'd probably do. By the way, the fact thing. that I took his name third. Yeah. Big problem. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's, right? He's awesome. I agree. I agree. But so, uh, just uh, a quick thing is like, we're going to get a call now. We're going to have a great guest. So, this whole Orange Line debate is about, you know, it's about pre- the preservation of our culture, of our visual heritage. Is that what it's about? Well, it is. And I this is a certain kind of like modern, you know, uh, form of progress. And there are these tensions that happen everywhere. They're Isn't this fundamentally fussy? I mean, th- I, it's interesting you're framing it that way. Yeah. And it's interesting you said that, like, I'm a Sharamadi. You're like, mm. we're embarrassed to yeah. support the orange line. Because it's not fashionable to do so. No, it's I not. I think that says something. Yeah. Let's, uh, okay. Are we, are we ready for... So we've got a call. Yeah. And uh, let's just quickly introduce... Let, I'll yeah. introduce him and, and, and uh, yeah, super. So... Uh, listeners, our guest today is uh, an environmental lawyer, an urbanist, a uh, gentleman of the highest Urbanist order. and urbane. A very urbane. Uh, really one of those folks in, in this country that I think, you know, over the next, inshallah, sort of, you know, couple of decades, will really be a voice for protecting and sustaining and nurturing and nourishing our um, our our urban heritage in particular. And his name is Rafi Alam. He's a lawyer by trade. Uh, he's a great activist and a great supporter of uh, Lahore. He was involved with the Lahore Bachao campaign when the canal was, was due to be sort of gotten rid of. I always have time for the arguments and the positions that Rafi takes. I think that among so many others uh, that we mentioned before and that we've brought onto the podcast before, these are the kind of voices that this country really needs. And so I'm so delighted to welcome uh, Rafi Alam to the How to Pakistan podcast with Fasi Zaka. Really Thanks honored. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a great honor. So anyhow, Rafi, first question, right? Um, we, we wanted to ask about the orange line. And so I'll phrase the question this way. Is why are you against development? because i hate democracy i hate freedom yes why you hate our freedoms no but seriously i mean i I don't have i mean i'm not really into the orange line one way or the other i'm a citizen of Lahore. i'm not actually actively participating in the orange line demonstrations i'm sort of sideline support if you know what i mean yeah Why, why is that um, well, the Orange Line is arguably one of the largest development projects or infrastructure development projects in the history of Lahore. I mean, there's nothing of this scale that's ever been attempted. So you've got to give you know, due respect to somebody uh, ambitious enough and foolish enough to try and do something like this in Lahore. Mm. 
Um, and, you know, of course, Lahore needs transport. There's no arguing about that. I think the government needs to spend money. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I don't think that we wanted you on the podcast to start being reasonable. <laughs> what the hell? What the hell kind of trick are you doing? I just pretend that I'm a reasonable guy. We all live in a city. We live in a country that's I think now we're getting somewhere. It's all the floor is yours. We've got rights. We've got rights that the city of Lahore, we live in the city of Lahore, we pay taxes in the city of Lahore, we live in the city of Lahore, we have some right in how it's shaped. And all of us want public transport, but all of us are also cognizant of the historical heritage that we have, you know. And you can't just willy-nilly bulldoze these things uh, through where people live and where these historical monuments are without due regard to their rights. I mean, people's homes are being displaced here. There are literally thousands of people who are being moved out because of this line. That's not necessarily bad. They're being compensated. You know, just because they're being given due compensation under the... No, not just due compensation, as a matter of fact. And here's another point. They're being given over 20 lakhs a marla if they can show occupation or possession, not even ownership. The government of Punjab is so not to have any people complain about the compensation that they've almost you know they're paying people as much as they want to get the compensation complaints out of the way and that raises questions about how you know projects work are some development projects more important than others give people compensation which is two three times that uh, two three times what other people in projects get that's not fair either and today I read in the newspaper that the people of the good people of Mughalpura don't have any water because the water lines have been cut on account of this project. Um, that's unfair on them. I mean, they still have a right to water and they should still have a right to public transport. But a project like this shouldn't deprive people of drinking water for the duration. There should be alternative arrangements. And I think that's what people are upset about. You know, we live here. You can't just pay us off and destroy our heritage in one good go. So is the question really that there's no objection to the project per se, but just the interim measures while it's being constructed? And the second thing is also, is with, uh, for example, um, Chobarji, I mean, we all saw these really nice ads on TV, like uh, computer animation. Should we yeah. not be believing it? Because I believed it. And I said, like, this is amazing. I like the little computer animation as well. And yes, of course. Fussy, Fussy is re- there's nothing like a computer animation to change. Well, Fussy's easily and Fussy's it, it, into anime and, and all that. Exactly. Things. So if it's computer animation, it must be scientific. <laughs> <laughs> It must be. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there are other things as well. Look, the idea to have a metro in Lahore isn't new. It's been floated around for the last 15 years. In the last government, the PMLQ government, 2004 or 2006, this huge big study was undertaken that actually proposed all of these lines, you know, four networked uh, underground, overground train lines. And so, you know, all these things are supposed to meet up and provide benefit to the people. So, for example, the original the original plan for the Orange Line saw it going underground through most of the city, including the railway station, actually underneath the railway station. So if you pulled up in Lahore Railway Station, you could just walk downstairs to the subway and catch the subway to the city. The new Orange Line is 500 yards away from the railway stop. There's no connectivity between these two transport links. So there are other questions about the project. I mean, Lahore needs transport, but it needs to be be better planned. So here's my my question, Rafi. Here's the question that comes to my mind. 
every almost everything you've said, like I said earlier, I mean, I was being slightly facetious, but now I'm dead serious. I mean, what every point you've raised is eminently reasonable. I agree. Would you, would you yeah. agree, Fussy? Would you? I agree absolutely. Okay, so, so first we've established that you know this. Every point you've made is reasonable. <laughs> Here's the other pro- problem. Every protest and every sort of indication we've seen of the people that are really upset by the orange line seems to be in in contrast to what you've said not as reasonable i mean there's nothing wrong with with wanting to protect heritage sites there's absolutely in fact i think both fussy and i probably support that as well absolutely but where is the point about connectivity to the lahore railway station and the railway I, infrastructure I'll tell you why those things aren't coming up in the sort of you know the press that's coming out of this because the only real arguable legal point that the protesters have is on heritage they don't have something over the government when it comes to land acquisition or the way the government is going to plan the project there's no law that says the government can plan a project one way or the other the one place jahan phaste is the fact that they have to be 200 feet away from heritage sites so this raises an interesting this raises an interesting dilemma for the advocate right and this is a more general point you know that i'm working on advocacy you know with 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 alif elan which is obviously mm. it's donor funded so it's slightly different but i think ultimately the kind of tactical and strategic it really becomes important so in one instance rafe you have this uh what i think is a set of reasonable objections that i think as a pakistani and as a friend of yours and and largely a supporter of most of the things that you do that i think deserves a greater airing i mean i do think the question of connectivity to the uh, railway infrastructure is is worthwhile and and we should we should definitely explore that and i think it's a potent one as well and yet your argument for not seeing that for, for the fact that we haven't seen that in the public domain as much is that you know the community of those activists that wants to uh put a stop to the orange line or at least the way that it's being executed is that the legal grounds are strongest when it comes to heritage sites so then the question really and this is a really fundamental question right is that when advoc- advocating for something is the public imagination a bigger and more important draw than legality or is legality and uh the, are the courts a better draw as a tool of getting in the way of what we deem to be bad public policy this isn't just of course restricted to the orange line this is a larger no, question a, for all a, of us it's a, it's a fair and very very good question uh, i think public perception is especially in in public interest cases not your regular suit you know one guy has a property dispute with his brother in law or something no in public interest cases public perception is crucial and the courts do read the papers and they do see the news and you know they're sensitive to these things how many the fact that the orange line has now attracted opposition from mainstream political parties is quite significant the pti and the ppp have joined up although amusingly they're not protesting together they still hate each other so much that when they come and protest the orange line they have separate camps and they march out on separate sort of occasions but you're right i think activists have to be very sensitive to what the public perception is and not just argue the point that's going to work for them in the court of law because it it's, it winds up sounding a bit elitist you know that here you are just talking about chiburji or you're talking about dayanga's tomb and frankly you, you know not very many people know who dayanga was or you know buteda aba and stuff like that but people are concerned about their homes and where they're going to get drinking water and i think the advocacy has to take that into account to be really powerful and profound 
I actually think that's a brilliant point because sometimes for some of the criticism that I see occasionally for these things is that it is almost an elite protest in some ways. And actually... Uh, thanks to you, uh, speaking to you, I mean, it's illuminated my own perception of this problem because I saw it extremely narrowly before. And this is a much more reasoned and um, obviously well thought out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty disappointed in Rafi. He really has brought <laughs> an, an enormous amount of reason. And, and yeah. But, you know, I think I'm one other... <laughs> no, it really is. I'm, I'm so sad. Listen, here's the thing. I mean, while you were speaking earlier, you know, I was going to throw one of those PMLN sort of, you know, uh, sidewinders, which was, you know, it's cute for people to be concerned about the Orange Line and our heritage whilst they've never actually sat in a van in Lahore. It, I mean, that is, there, is a, there is a degree of legitimacy to that counter-argument, is there not? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I see that especially true on the Lahore, uh, metro. Isn't just the Lahore of, of the, 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 the rich, you know, and a bit of Mal Road. People's homes are just as important. And this is this argument that I've had personally with some civil society activists. That really, civil society activism starts from a point of elitism. I mean, that's where the awareness is. It's about people who are better read. And I'm sorry to say this, they're just more aware. But they have to be sensitive to what the people they're representing or arguing are also feeling. It's not just a question of what my Lahore looks like. It's, what a, it's a question of what everyone's Lahore should be. Isn't there an element of this, uh, Rafi, and, uh, you know, you obviously feel free to disagree. That's part of the reason why we have you on on this topic in particular. It also feels like part of the reason that this thing kind of took off a little bit, at least amongst sort of essentially our friends and and. Yeah. And friends of friends, right? Like there's a you know there's a there's an intimacy to civil society when you know when Fasi Zaka is talking to Rafi Alam is talking to Musharraf Zadi that 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 we have to sort of acknowledge. But isn't also a, maybe some part of it just this animus towards the Sharifs? I mean, <laughs> for whatever reason, and I think some some are well founded and some aren't. But there is some animus to the Sharifs that essentially informs people's decisions. You know what? Orange line banare hell. Must be must be off. Must be something let me, wrong. Let me let me. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Let me be reasonable again. <laughs> in my, <laughs> in my experience, in, in our experience, our little infant experience with democracy, in this you know this millennia, uh, the last 16 years, um, my my sort of that feeling is that politicians in a democratic process in Pakistan last about eight or ten years. They'll make a mistake somewhere. And that'll be the end. It happened with Musharraf when, you know, you thought he was at the apex of his powers, he took on the chief justice. Um, and that was about eight, nine years in. And I think with the Sharifs, this is just part of democracy. You're, you're all powerful. Then all the other problems, you do something. And all the other problems circle around it. And it becomes more and more important and becomes the thing that brings you down. And then you need to have an election. <laughs> and maybe the Sharifs have run the Punjab in the country now for a while. And maybe in the Punjab there is a sense of fatigue with the way they're doing things. That I mean, that, it's fascinating. You know, one of the things that I think delivered the election in 2013 to the Sharifs, particularly in Lahore, despite the fact that the PML uh, that the PTI did incredibly well. I mean, Dr. Yasmin took 60,000 plus votes in Nawaz Sharif's constituency. That's huge. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen every day, right? 
One of the reasons I think that they did so well in Lahore and in the rest of the Punjab was the number of bypasses that were constructed in, within the sort of second tier highway infrastructure in the Punjab and particularly the Lahore Metro, the original yeah. Ferozpur Road, yeah. Lahore Metro. Yeah, I've here, been joking around that this, this is what democracy is. Apparently in the Punjab, if you can get some buses in and paint them red, you'll be voted in chief minister. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Our Punjab is so foolish that people have one bus line. I mean, getting anything done in this country is next to impossible, but it's not a big deal what they did, frankly. And the fact that they got it off in the election is, you know, it, it reflects poorly on the election. So, no, so the orange line. Yeah. I think with the orange line, the orange line in many ways was is, is designed to be another their sort of gap when the next election round cycle comes around. But I think with the civil society and now political protests and this thing going to court, um, my own legal hunch is that the way the judiciary works and the way the case is, most likely the strain is going to be built. But whatever political capital the PMLN thought that they were going to get out of the orange line is being lost really rapidly by the way they've done land acquisitions and dealt with people's compensation gains. They've, they've so paid I have more than the, the people are unhappy that they've paid more than the market price. I think it, it comes, you see, the orange line comes on top of a jail road signal free underpass. There's also, a, my God, there's just no opposition to these people. They'll just come and destroy anything because this is a Chinese-backed project. You know, Sahiwal, they're putting up a coal-fired power plant uh, in the middle of these, uh, uh, I mean, there are all sorts of examples where, where development projects are being sort of sped up because the Sharifs want them to be. And there's a fatigue that's setting in. Just, just another question. I've often also wondered that one of the central arguments around it is people also look at the opportunity cost or opportunity products, which is that um, the question is like... Uh, for example, why don't you put money into health? Why don't you put money into education? But don't all of these need to move concurrently? Like usually it's not a either or. And I'm also like personally for my sense is that sometimes I'm so um, skeptical of what government can deliver. I say, road But something gets delivered. And I'm just wondering, do you think that the population of Lahore who've been through all these projects, who've also oppose them in many ways, but subsequently over time they've said, you know what, maybe it's not such a bad thing after all. Well, after the 2013 elections when they voted on the basis of a red bus, I'm a bit skeptical of the sort of voting city of Lahore. But I will say there is some level of fatigue that's kicking in. Um, Dusa, you had Nadeem al-Haq on the show recently, didn't you? Yes. Um, God, I was going to say something in regards to him because your comment reminded me of one of the things he said. Anyway, I forget, sorry. No, uh, Rafi, but uh, that's no problem because I want to go back to something you just said, which was, in a sense, you sort of, you, and this is just friendly, right? I mean, uh, so don't don't take offense to this, but I I think that I would definitely take issue with sort of painting the people of Lahore, the people of the Punjab, with uh, with any particular brush because they reward electorally people who deliver real product, right? And yeah. so, so Oh yeah, that's right. That's what that's what Nadeem had. I had this conversation with him and he was, you know, I was telling him how important water was and like sanitation. And he was like, look, Rafi, there's an election coming up in 2013. You've got another year and a half or so. If you were a politician and want to get elected, what would you do to make sure you got elected in the next election? You know, putting in a water supply scheme is not visible. Plus, the health benefits of that are next to negligible. I mean, those are going to be the long term. You want to win an election, you've got to deliver something, or at least visibly show that something is happening. 
And yeah, that the Chiefs are very good at doing that. Well, but he, I think so. My my issues with both of you. I mean, I love arguing with Nadim. I argue with him more than I argue with you, um, because you're just much more intimidating. But but I'll say this. Really? Ab- absolutely, I'm I'm definitely intimidated by Rafael. Alam. Put that on. I think it's now on the record because I it's just said it. It's on the record. Okay, yes. fantastic. So here's the thing, Rafael. The thing is. There's 150,000 people, let's call it 140, just you know, to be conservative, 140,000 people that use the red line every single day, right? They get to work. What we've done is, for many women, working women, uh, who otherwise would take maybe an hour and a half to two hours to get to their place of work, they're getting there in 25 to 40 minutes, depending on wh- what station they're entering or what station they're exiting. Yeah. It also frees up their income for investment. In Not only, well, investment, I mean, at that level, it's just disposable income, right? The, yeah. I mean, the question I've, is... Like education investments, absolutely, absolutely, and and there's a lot of evidence that, like a lot of internationally sort of uh, endorsed evidence about the benefits of this kind of infrastructure. And there are a number of stories, including the international sort of uh, growth center in in Lahore or the Lahore branch of the international growth center. They're doing a big study on this. Exactly. So here's here's the here's the problem. I remember uh, what's his name. You know that other political leader, the one that you voted for, Fussy? Uh, yeah, the one that you voted Khan. for. I voted for him. What was his name again? Imran Khan. Imran Khan. So Pidiyan. this guy. So, Much married. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the great, The great Imran Khan. So Kaptan sort of went around after and during and right before the 2013 election calling the Lahore Metro bus Jungla bus, right? And this is kind of this pejorative thing. You know, I got on the Jungla bus once and I asked a few people, like, just regular folks, Hey, what do you think of this? And there was a general, they're like, what do you mean, what do we think of this? We're on it. Yeah. Like, there was one guy who, who laughed, and he's like, why are you asking? Like, I mean, I don't know where you're from, but, yeah. like, I'm on the bus. <laughs> so, so, so I'm using it. So, like, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying we can have this contempt for this infrastructure for many reasons. It could be because it was made by the Sharifs. It could be because it was made without any consultations. It could be because we don't know how much cheaper we could have made it. It could be for a number of legitimate reasons. But the counterfactual in the domain of democratic electoral politics is that this product is not just visible, shiny. This is not... Like, people in Karachi are not voting for the Sharifs because of the Metro bus. And, oh, guess guess what? They don't vote for the Sharifs, right? Yeah. I'm talking about... Like, the, the people who are going to vote for the Sharifs on the back of this are the people that are going to actually use this infrastructure and for whom the, the yeah, commute to work is going to be better. Yeah, Mushraf, I agree with you. I will say I agree with everything, but there's a cost to it. You know, yeah, people are going to get around. They're going to get to work and it's going to expand the labor market. It's going to make it much more vibrant. Women are going to be able to mm. expand their social and, and economic interaction. Yeah, all of that is great. But that's valuable, cost, right? I'll tell you what cost it is. You know, if it weren't for the Mughals, here's a statement. If it weren't for the Mughals, Islam would have spread beyond sin. And I think, you know, that's what we lose. We lose just how important... I'll tell you another thing. There's something that was destroyed yesterday. It was destroyed in 92. Jain Mandir was destroyed in 92 as part of Babri Masjid. And it's, it's, it's slated to be completely removed now, the site, because of the Orange Line. The city of Lahore is over 2,000 years old. And before it was a Muslim city, before it was a Sikh city, it was, before it was a Hindu city, it was a Jain city. And a lot of people don't know that. And, you know, you, you take that evidence away, you make the city and its people poorer because they won't recognize the history and, and just the, the richness of their own history and culture. So, yeah, there's a cost to that labor employment. We've become a little bit poorer, Michelle. 
I, look, I, I, I mean, like I said earlier, I think that all of these arguments are viable, legitimate arguments, and I think that I think that majoritarian. Now, 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 now I'm getting pissed off. The thing is, I'm the genius at Sydney. We're getting money from the Chinese to build this thing. We're getting paid. We're paying about six, six and a half percent, okay, um, for this construction uh, project. Um, we've just got the loan. There's no consultant engaged to design the alignment. Um, we don't know what equipment is coming in or what the rolling stock is going to look like, what the electronics are. But civil works has started and the city of Lahore is paying for it when we don't even have someone sitting over us telling us what the hell we need to do. That's almost a contempt for the people who live in the city and its heritage. And I, I don't like the project because of that. Okay, uh, just just a question: Is this any different than from how they've done it before, whether it's the metro or any of the other projects or the overpasses, underpasses? I mean, this uh, avenue of actually having the public feed in to say with a public hearing or anything like that—is this different uh, from tradition or is it new? Uh, no, it's it's going. They've had the public hearing. It is an eyewash as usual, usual, and they're going on with the project as if no one. I mean, this is pretty much part of the course of the last three, four years. Okay. Look, right. it was, it was, I think, illuminating for me, for for you to join us and talk to us about this. I, I hear some of what you're saying and agree with it. I, I have to say that I'm not entirely swung in terms of where I am on this. I mean, it's 51. Nonsense. Of course, you're completely convinced. You're just saying that. No, no, I... No, no. <laughs> angry civil society is almost almost as good as uh, angry Mufti Naeem. <laughs> <laughs> for doing this you're, you're a bro as always um, and I, Guys, I, I stars. thank you so much for having me on I feel honored you're doing a great job I also would like to thank you I mean I think you really widened the perspective on um, the way uh, at least I was looking at it and again you know I, I agree that a lot of these things are issues that need to be resolved and uh, it's great having you on this and especially on this I think one of the key takeaways is this sort of Uh, understanding that all of us said is that you know if it's become just really narrowly targeted on the issue of cultural heritage or heritage sites the understanding that this is much bigger and why that sort of focus has come up, I think that's a great insight and thank you so much for that thanks again thank Rafi thank you hi guys take care okay you too, thank you all right he was uh, brilliant it was great talking to him absolutely I, I do I do think this is a complicated issue. Yeah. And I think that by by focusing only on one aspect of it, or at least allowing only one aspect to be the one that people are seeing... It's a disservice. It's a disservice to the actual, to the legitimate issues. I mean, Chopurji's, I guess it's important, but... <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah. To me, like, sitting in Islamabad, you know, far, far away, Of course, Jopraji is important yeah. because it's one of those pictures you get to put on your Twitter or your Facebook to demonstrate how sort of culturally sort of traditionalist you are and how much you value. I, mean, I don't mean to mock people's sens sensibilities about this, but yeah. I do this stuff, right? Like I go to uh, Katas Raj uh, in Chakwal. It's amazing, right? And, mm. and the government of Punjab is the one that sort of rebuilt everything and, mm. uh, and, and It looks like a million bucks. It's amazing. Anyone who has a chance to go, you can use either the motorway or the the old highway. What was it called? The GT Road. Yeah. Um, to to visit the Katasaraj temples. 
your physical heritage in this country is absolutely vital. So absolutely, I'm for constraining or restraining any act action that's going to diminish the value of Jopurji. But I think that the counter arguments about whether these, you know, what, like how many protests for Jopurji before all of this, right? I mean, there used to be banners. You know, Jamaat Dawa would have a banner up there, you know, depending on what, sort of what flavor of the month was or, or what season it was, you had stuff happening on Jopurji. Yeah. And, and so, you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems that Again, there could be reasonable counterfactuals, but but I do think that there are other elements of this debate that go beyond the cultural heritage that we need to explore. I agree, and I think just uh, one thing that also stems um, from all of this is when one looks at this particular debate, you also see how starved we are for choices in Pakistan in terms of delivery. So some, for a lot of people, like some of the things Rafi was talking about, these, these things, I mean, there are major questions he's talking about that have absolutely not been disclosed or addressed. And again, you look at it for a lot of people, I include myself, is I'm like, all right, this thing is going to go somewhat sideways. Maybe there are going to be problems here and there. But I would rather have something being delivered at this point in stage. Because if you look at some of the other provincial governments, and they're also delivering. But, you know, the scale and ambition sometimes of what you can have in Pakistan as an alternative or as a public service, I think it helps also increase competition to others to deliver at some other level. And, you know, we know that, you know, PTI recently unveiled this, uh, what, what is it, a uh, flyover or whatever it is, right? It was amazing. Wait, wait a second, it's in your city. What do you I know, mean, what I know. is it, whatever? I, I Don't be so dismissive about KP, bro. Yeah, yeah, I haven't. Why, why, I haven't why, you, why you Punjab be so dismissive <laughs> about KP? I haven't gone there yet to see it, so I'm not exactly sure. But again, you know, this sort of... Uh, crumbling infrastructure and these sort of heightened new types of uh, potential public services. This I'm actually looking forward to seeing. It may be something that, you know, has a hundred different... And, and then again, that's where these voices are important to highlight that let's not make it permanent the way we're driving our projects. And uh, largely also one last thing is how we debate a project. We see something that's integral or essential, let's say CPAC, let's say an orange line, X, Y, Z. But I think there's a severe need, and I think this government is a bit weak in this respect, is like, how do you present it with a reasoned debate with all the par- you know parties involved so that you know that nobody's all going to get their share of the pie or as big a pie as they want, but at least that, you know, we go ahead with some minimum agreed objectives. And I think I think that's something that's going to be much harder. And if you look at it, it's why these people are now in these camps where, you know, the uh, potential way in which you discuss a project is seen through a very narrow lens. Like in one case, it's heritage. In another case, it's provincial rights, X, Y, Z. But all of these need to come together in sort of a larger way. And I think that discussion, there's something going wrong that, you know, we... I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I really think that we need to think more about this. What do the countries Pakistan wants to be like? China? Yeah. Malaysia? Malaysia. Turkey? Turkey? Dubai? We, we all really want to be America, but... Fine. I mean, yeah. we'll get there, but let's start yeah. closer to home, right? Yeah. Every single one of these places? Yeah. What's common? Corruption? Yeah. And massive infrastructure over the last 20 years? Yeah. 
I think we need to stop beating around the bush. I think people that are sort of against this, I mean, they need to find something better to do. I think it's important that politically there's some opposition to the Sharifs in the Punjab. Absolutely. It is not healthy for this country to have such a dominant sort of reign for, for one party. One of the reasons that dominance exists is delivery. Like, it's just that simple. You, you know, we don't have to like the Sharifs. We don't have to like what they're doing. We should be raising objections as members of, you know, sort of broadly as members of the commentariat, as, as associated, if not part of civil society. I mean, I certainly consider myself a member of civil society. We, we should raise objections. But I do think that when we zoom out and look at where Pakistan is in its development trajectory, what is happening here, we don't have enough infrastructure. We're not building it at the pace that it needs to be built at. It sh- the, the argument, I, here's a more, much more legitimate argument. Why is Karachi not getting a, an orange line? Absolutely. That's where it works. You know, look at the population, look at the need. But but also, why is there not a fast track sort of rail line that's being built from essentially nor- north of Gujranwala right through to the end of Lahore? Yeah. Because that's your, that's your commuter sort of corridor, yeah. right? Why isn't there a pathway, a bus or, or a train being built from Taxila? Indeed, Vah. Indeed, all the way to Hassan Abdal coming into Islamabad. Yeah. Because a lot of your daytime population in Islamabad and Pindi is actually residing I in agree. those areas. Yeah. Those are questions that should be asked uh, and would be asked in a more functional democracy. A lot of what this has to do with is the quality of our democracy. It's not about the quality of argument of civil society. I think one of the reasons why the arguments are what they are is because of who's making them. Mm. When you and I and Rafi are going to make arguments, of course we're going to bring up Chopurji. Because yeah. for us, that's like a postcard. Yeah. And there's real, real innate value in that, and we shouldn't undermine that. But the way that there's going to be an actual stoppage of the work is when politically viable arguments are given. Now, if Mughalpur is without water for a couple of days, I think the Sharifs are going to have a problem. So if there's any truth to that, and not to suggest Rafi wasn't being truthful, but just to say, you know, if, there, if there's going to be a long-term water problem in Mughalpur, you're going to lose votes, right? Yeah. Those aren't NA250 or, or, you know, any 126 I think is Shafkat. I mean, th- that's not a typical PTI seat. Mm. And so, if you start to make your own voters angry, you're going you're gonna to react to that. Yeah. But I do think ultimately the answer for these things comes from the rough and tumble of local and uh, urban politics, not from, unfortunately, from what we call sort of this kind of civil society thing where Chupurji and pictures of Chupurji are the, are the instruments that people think are going to get the Sharifs to stop. The Sharifs look at this and frankly, they laugh. And I think we need to not just, we shouldn't start laughing with, but we have to accept the the limitations of these kinds of arguments when it comes to big-time infrastructure. No, I agree. I agree. Let, I me, think, let me make one final point yeah. in terms of sort of homework or, or reading. For people that are interested, some of my views on this, uh, and, and they've been formative in how I think about this, come from a uh, professor of uh, economics at uh, SOAS, the School for Oriental and African Sciences Studies Studies um, in London. Uh, it's a guy named Mushtaq Khan, Professor Mushtaq Khan. He's uh, he's a Bangladeshi professor. Uh, he's done a lot of work on on Bangladesh, on India, and Pakistan. And he has a theory about development which is really interesting. And he says that a lot of the donor funded. Uh, I know this because you know having worked with donors for the large portion of my career. 
a lot of the donor-funded narratives about development place good governance before they place economic growth. And that if you look at the trajectory of those countries and those places and those societies that do have good governance, it's always that the good governance has followed economic growth. Mm-hmm. In so many words, and this is a very crude uh, sort of uh, summary of, of what he's saying, one of his arguments is you're trying to put the cart before the horse and you can't do that. That a lot of these countries that we're trying to impose good governance on good parliamentary democracy, the stuff that I was talking about, the way that I was talking about it, right? That we need improved democracy for this stuff to be countered in the way that it needs to be. Is actually the reason it's not happening is because you haven't had the necessary economic growth. Here's the funny thing. In order to have the kind of growth that you need, you do need infrastructure. Infrastructure is both a sign of a growing economy and a fillip to the growth of that economy in the future. And so... I think that that's, that's an argument that, for, again, I, it's been formative for me uh, where good governance lies in the, in the trajectory, but also that, you know, there, there's no formula for this. And so a lot of us should continue to explore and, and try to understand the world from multiple angles. And I think Rafi really gave us a lot to think yeah. about today. And just to add, I think that was really interesting. I'll actually look into it. And if uh, listeners want to see where I've been informed by my views on this subject, please go to this uh, ad given by the Punjab government on <laughs> to see <laughs> we'll put that up in the in the description yeah. of the podcast yeah. it's, so it's an education I'll, I'll put up a couple of yeah. Mushtaq's papers as yeah. well and uh, he, but don't forget my ad right it's going to be there it's going to be there yeah okay alright so anyhow great again um, listening to this and uh I'm very happy that Rafi took out the time. Very grateful once again. And we're going to close off, as usual, with our favorite music. It's, um, you know, this great track by Umar Adil. And, um, it's Wait, Umar Adil? Is it not? I believe that his name is Adil Umar, but... Uh, I don't know why I said that. I apologize, Adil Umar. And Talal Qureshi. And Talal Qureshi. So, goodbye. Thank you very much. Khudafiz, everyone.